In a cloud where there are already too many film podcasts, you have to ask yourself, what's the harm in one more? Two ordinary men armed with unqualified opinions. Talk filmy to me. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Talk Filmy to Me podcast, a film podcast about news, entertainment, general pop culture. Each and every week, we drop a podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you find your podcasts, and we're going to talk about films, what we love, what we hate, and all that sweet, sweet, sweet fandom in between. And join me on the pod this week. It is my boy, it's my main man, a man who has a CV that includes video game credits such as Guitar Hero, Guitar Hero 2, DJ Hero, as well as being an amazing musician, John Crick, aka Descamento. How you doing, buddy? I am good. I liked a bit of ASMR at the start there, Flinny. It's very nice getting that. You accidentally partridge there. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. Um, I'm very good. It's the afternoon. We don't normally record in the afternoon, but why the heck not? We haven't got real jobs, so uh, let, let's let's do it. This is what unemployment looks like, kids. <laughs> yes. I, I should point out we're okay at the moment. There's not going to be any need for donations. Uh, on Patreon your page. Come on. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go crash. I'm going to do OnlyFans and crash it. I'll send you <laughs> a smutty podcast every week. And it'll just be you'd be well on going. OnlyFans, actually. I think you'd do very well. Bella oh, Fawn wouldn't know. Yeah. <laughs> well oh, i could i could uh give you a, a sexy review each week which is that tenant sexy um <laughs> maybe not um but you well mate you well has last week been treating you uh very good very good yep just been uh, do you know what back on the better call soul train which i actually left about four years ago even though i'm the biggest breaking bad fanboy me and jamie have just rinsed free series of it we're up to about series four now and it's so good there's so much in the breaking B- world uh breaking bad universe that i didn't anticipate the Gilliverse. the Gilliverse, <laughs> and vince gilligan is making this show uh with Bo- bob odenkirk producing it as well and you can tell there's so in it to win it it's not just like a prequel for the sake of it they are there's so much love and attention gone into this the same level as breaking bad and i can't believe i've let it pass me by for so long because it is brilliant hmm. yeah i agree with you i i don't know why it's better call so i agree i agree with everything the critics are saying i think it's amazing writing they've made a prequel that actually you fucking care about which is very very hard to do but I still, I tend to get like four or five episodes in on a season and then I, I for some reason, drop off. I don't know if it's just because of timing when they release and everything else. Uh, I need to get back on that train. Have they finished the latest season? Am I right in thinking this is the penultimate season? They've just fin- finished series, uh, series five is out. So um, yeah, but I'm halfway through series four, but it is getting to the, it, it's all getting very Breaking Baddy, uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing some more. You know, every couple of episodes, you'll just be like, oh, Oh, it's it's them. It's and that they're, guy. They're older, but they are supposed to be younger, which is kind of jarring. In the same way, El Camino was very jarring. In yeah. Respect. But yeah. uh, I refuse to believe Mike is one year away from breaking <laughs> into that factory and killing all those people. Yeah, Mike particularly. Poor Mike. He just looks so old, but he's going to be younger. But he's such a <laughs> he's such a great character. I could watch a whole series. I was really glad that it's half Saul and half Mike, isn't it? It's a 50-50 split. Yeah. Even Saying though that, the title suggests otherwise, but it, Mike's whole story and that whole world is incredible, and I'm loving it. So, watch I'd it. like to see. Um, I, I, you know, when an actor 
is having an amazing moment. Now, that moment could be they've done a bunch of films all of a sudden or they're getting critically acclaimed for a piece of art, whether it's TV show, music, whatever. The guy who plays Gus is all of a sudden being snapped up as the big bad in pretty much every fucking TV show I can think of. Like he's in The Mandalorian. Uh, he's just been cast in uh, a bunch of films that are coming out. He's also uh, in, randomly in video games now and stuff like that. Now, don't get me wrong. I agree with you. He is compelling as Gus. That scene uh, with the knife in the lab, like that is that is pure evil incarnate on the screen. Amazing. But I don't want to be sick of him. You know, like I want to I wanna miss him. And like I said, I can watch that guy do anything and probably my wife in that equation. But he is such a good, good actor. I just don't know. Maybe he's being over-eggs or being overused at the moment. Am I am I missing something there? I think that it happens, doesn't it? Someone does an incredible performance in a movie or a TV show and that's them. They're typecast and they probably say yes to loads of other stuff and you can hear like five producers and directors going oh he was great now yeah he'll do a really good job because i've seen him do that character and that's what we want and so it's, i i know exactly what you mean um and it might be frustrating to be cast as that same thing you know gus might one day want to play a nice loving portrayal of a of a, a nice dad or something and no one will ever <laughs> see him like that because he's a mean ass motherfucker Speaky he just looks across at brian cranston and goes i would have killed to have been in malcolm <laughs> <laughs> absolutely but i hope vince just i'm such a vince fanboy i hope he carries on if he does another he just has a lot of time for his own universe he's created rather than getting sick of it, even though it's been with us for over 10 years now. And I am here for it. If he wants to do another series. Sidebar. I'm I'm in. You are Mr. Gilligan and you are allowed to expand your Breaking Bad universe. What direction do you go and whom with? It's tough, isn't it? Because you don't want to go, you can't go any more prequel. You have to go sequel next and who's alive <laughs> who's left uh not that many compelling characters really they've done um uh jesse sort of aaron paul's character um it's an interesting one isn't it maybe walt jr and um and skylar the family maybe or something yeah, there you either go funny and just does a one half hour special of skinny pete <laughs> or um yeah Bad actually like yeah, or like, um, I don't know, like maybe Walter had a lot more money stashed that we knew about and maybe somehow it ends up with Skylar or maybe Skylar discovers or always knew the recipe for the myth and maybe she gets back. I don't know. I don't know I'm not a writer, but um, I would love to see where she goes because do you think she actually, I know I'm going off on a tangent here, but do you think Anna Gunn, whenever she goes out, she still gets people going, Skylar, Skylar, Skylar. She looks over, she goes, you're a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I'm advocating people should be abusing her, but she done such a good job in playing that bitch. It was just incredible. Wow. Anyway, shall we crack on, Mr. Crick? Let's crack on. We can't talk about Breaking Bad every week. No, true. Um, <laughs> something which I hope we, something which I don't really want to be talking about, but we, we definitely should be, is uh, paying tribute to the late, great Chadwick Boseman, which is a very weird way of uh, of starting this pod, but it's really important. Um, for You guys already know, um, Chadwick Boseman, age 43, unfortunately passed away uh, with colon cancer um, over the week. And um, I think it is fair to say that there are not many people that can grace the silver screen in in the way that this guy did, but 
not only did he carry himself with such uh, amazing love and creativity, he done this in silence pretty much. Um, a lot of people were not aware of this. In fact, the only time he, a lot of people were aware was when on his social media accounts, they posted a, a loving tribute and a beautiful photograph of him. And uh, for those of you who only may only know him as T'Challa, um, go look at his back catalogue. I mean, it's only really since 2012 that his career kind of, you know, sort of uh, propelled so quickly. But this man has done so much in this time. He's done something like seven movies in six years. Um, my favourite performance by him is uh, Get On Up, the James Brown uh, biopic. Absolutely fantastic. If you want to talk about embodying a character, he does it so well. And there's a really charming interview of one of um, James Brown's daughters talking about when he done the research for the role and he would come around that house and and hang out and learn the dance moves and everything else. And he done all of this uh, while simultaneously hopping off of an operating table and having chemotherapy. Um, John, yeah. are, you a, are you a Chadwick fan? Uh, well, of course, I'm just... <laughs> what a fucking half question to ask as we're talking about his eulogy. Um, yeah, it's just so inspirational, the amount he he achieved. You almost think it, it almost sped up. I mean, he's had it for four years and unfortunately uh, died this week and the amount he did in that four years it's almost as if he was inspired you know to do as much as he could we reviewed the five bloods which um, i didn't think was entirely amazing but he was brilliant in it um and uh yeah i, I just think wow what a what an inspiration to it makes you think i should really get my shit together and do some stuff because <laughs> life <laughs> is short and unpredictable. Um, so, yeah, but yeah. very sad news. I mean, what's, what's really sad is, um, well, first of all, it is sad he's passed away. Of course it is. But let's you know, also give a second to acknowledge w- what a great guy this really was. And it's just a shame that they have to be gone for us to acknowledge really how great they are. But um, interesting interview of Whoopi Goldberg recently. Um she was talking about her reaction to, to Chadwick's death and um, she, uh, he appeared on a TV show, I think it's called The View, and um, he came and had a great time. And Whoopi Goldberg said, oh, we were talking about his career today and all the stuff he's been working on and uh, all the stuff he plans to work on. And she said, now knowing the prism of he knew he didn't have much time left, he was trying to get as much life told the right way in as possible. He was enjoying himself, but he was being very much knowing the weight of responsibility he had to carry because when he was cast as, as Black Panther, I don't think any of us at the time really understood. Uh, if you're not part of that, that world that knew about Black Panther or knew what it really represented, you might have just thought of it as another superhero movie. But let's put it in perspective. This is the first black superhero movie for a mass audience in the modern age. And I yes, there have been films that have come before, and this is just a case of standing on the shoulders of giants, but what fucking shoulders to stand on. And the stuff that this has inspired, like, you know what? Try tell a boxer that Rocky is just a movie, right? Like that that film that has been impact, that genre has been impacted by that one piece of art and has set the standard. That is what Black Panther is doing for superhero movies, for black people out there, black excellence, however you want to define it. And Black Panther, the movie itself, was an amazing action movie that was very much rooted in black culture 
and celebrates black culture, but it's not just for black people. It's for everyone it's bringing in. And, you know, what better way of saying it than just Wakanda forever? Like I complete, I'm so sad this has happened. Um, I am also disgusted with certain media outlets, and I'm going to name them, ScreenRant.com, for example. Within hours of the news breaking, they had fucking shitty clickbait articles about where does Marvel go now with Black Panther 2 and all that stuff. The the news hasn't even barely landed. Now, don't get me wrong. I work in news. I work in publication. If you look me up on LinkedIn, you will see that I've worked at some of the biggest news organizations on the planet. Yes, I am not stupid. I know that certain outlets will have these things you know, wrote up, ready to go, so that they can hit that SEO ranking and get out there as quick as possible to be the first. This was not that. This was just some clickbait piece of shit. So I will not be quoting or referencing Screen Rant uh, for a while. They've been getting like this, and I think a lot of film Twitter is on the same boat of this. Um, look, just at least let the fucking dust settle before you start writing your clickbaity analysis shit, all right? We just want to acknowledge the man for what he was and the great work he'd done. Um Sorry, John, that was a bit of a captain down of it. <laughs> well said, Flinty, well said. Um, yeah, that's some shitty journalism, but you don't have to go far to find shitty journalism, especially on Twitter. God. <laughs> that All is true. It. That is very true. So anyway, follow us on Twitter at TalkFilm. Hey! Uh, let's, 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 let's actually start the pod. I christen the, the pod is now in session. News. Let's talk about Adam Polly. He is in talks to, pay, uh, to play John Belushi in a new biopic. Now, John Belushi, if you do not know, he is an amazing comedian, sort of rose to fame during the 80s, very much part of the... Uh, the Saturday Night Live, uh, National Lampoon's Ilk. Uh, most famously, probably like my favourite movie is probably Blues Brothers. Have you got a famous John Belushi movie? Yeah, that's it for me. And the old SNL clips that you know still get do the rounds. Um, yeah, he's this. He's the guy. You know, if we were ten years older, we would have been all over Belushi. But it was before our time. But you can still appreciate it um now so yeah I'm, I'm dead up for this and learning a thing or two because uh you know we were more 90s kids um so it's good to sort of brush up but i loved the blues brothers as a kid and i still love it now yeah i mean there's been uh, th- i mean he has actually been played in a biopicy form uh recently actually there's a film on netflix called a futile and stupid gesture and uh this is basic that film is the story of the National Lampoon's magazine, how that evolves into films. And they eventually do have like parts of the film where they show the cast making Candy Shack and Animal House and all that sort of stuff. They've got Joe McHale randomly playing um, Chevy Chase, which is really weird uh, considering their relationship from community and everything else in that. But um, yeah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, good biopic. Um, what I'm fascinated to find out is how do they deal with the problematic nature of 80s comedy <laughs> of uh, and that's the shit we saw in the films i imagine the shit that was happening behind the cameras was definitely problematic to say the least um there's a book by nick disanium called wild guys and i can't remember the actual names now but it's basically he wrote a book about comedy legends of the 80s i've got it on audible it's absolutely fucking fantastic i'm sure there's a lot of stuff that's in there about what john belushi got up to as well i'm not suggesting he did get up to anything problematic i might say but it was a problematic time um yeah, we look. You look forward to this. Hopefully, they don't sugarcoat it. Um, we can handle it as an audience. Most of us can. The grown-ups. Um, 
Yeah, but uh, I mean, and the thing is, he's he's dead, right? So like, he can't turn around and say, "No, I didn't do those things." <laughs> so they might actually go warts and all. Yeah, hopefully, but yeah, bang up for it. So one thing which uh, we were bang up for and unfortunately has been delayed is The King's Man, uh, the prequel movie to The Kingsman franchise has been pushed back. Now, this is only just kind of breaking because for the last couple of weeks, uh, the studio have been coming out and saying, no, nope, don't worry, like Tenet has paved the way and we will follow through with The King's Man being the next big screen endeavor. Now, they have decided to push this back till February 2021. Uh, I, I've, the traders dropping for this all the time. They are trying to build up that momentum. This is that whole grandfather paradox of do I really care about the the prequel? Well, actually, there's some interesting actors. There's some interesting stories to be told. So, so maybe are you a Kingsman fan? No, this piece of news doesn't uh, get me at all. And I would like to hear some more sort of tabloidy news, if that's okay. Okay, let's go more to tabloid news then. So Johnny Depp's uh, scandal. Good, good segue in there, John. Uh, So basically, the reason why I put this into the news is not because we like to talk shit about people that are going through court things uh, because, quite frankly, we're not qualified to talk about that sort of stuff. But uh, Johnny Depp is seeking for his trial to be delayed. reason why is because Fantastic Beast 3 is filming. Now, the reason why I think this is worthy of us having a little chat about is that pretty much confirms he's going to be in the movie. Now, JK Rowling, if you want to do yourself, a, if you're like a, a fan of hers, then I apologize for the next uh, couple of minutes. But if you want some sanity on Twitter right now, I suggest you go ahead and mute any words that contain the letters JK Rowling, because she seems to be shouting into the void, picking fights and arguments on the wrong topics with the wrong people, definitely at the wrong time. And uh, it seems like they're sticking with their man. And it looks like Fantastic Beast 3 is going to continue. Hmm. Innocent until proven guilty, Flinty? Maybe, but at the same time, uh, there's a certain thing that maybe, I don't I don't know, it's, it's troublesome either way. And I, I don't know if he should stay within his role. And People have heard me rant about Johnny Depp in the past. And uh, maybe this is, you shouldn't judge a, uh, judge a book by its cover and everything in between. But what I do know is that the Fantastic Beasts movies, whether they're good or not, is not actually determined by whether Johnny Depp is in that movie or not. They seem to have lost their magic from the Harry Potter movies anyway. Um, most you know, story, subject matter, nothing else. But I did not, you don't get the same feels from the first two Fantastic Beast movies as you did with the previous Harry Potters. Were you a Harry Potter guy? No, no, no. I mean, no. I can, I, I, I respect them as art, I respect them as books, and I respect them as the fact that there is a generation of kids out there where they will fucking, they'll fight on the hill for a good yeah. Harry Potter movie. Um, and I can see what make those films great, but I'd love to hear their thoughts over the Fantastic Beasts uh, films anyway. But I'll tell you something we do have an opinion on, John, is Sylvester Stallone. Uh, the legend, I was talking a bit about the impact that Rocky has had on the world in terms of what it done for the sport of boxing. Uh, Sylvester Stallone's got a bit of time on his hands. So he decided that he is going for a specific milestone anniversary that Rocky IV is about to be entering. He is going to be doing a new director's cut. He is going to be uh, splicing in scenes that were on the cutting room floor as well as some new audio, obviously not new visual, unfortunately, um, to maybe tell the story in a slightly different way. Now, one of the things which everyone is crying out for is, what are we going to get more robot? Do you remember the robot in Rocky Four? <laughs> <laughs> I think this uh, is cool. Why, this might pave the way for a more kind of reimagining of old sort of classic cuts. Do you think? It is, but he's, he's, he's said the, the robot's eh, 
no robot. There is going to be no robot in his cut. Uh, he he regrets it heavily uh, from when it first came out, and he is removing the robot from that. But yeah, I I love the idea of which is kind of contradictory because George Lucas has been doing this for throughout most of his career of going back and fucking with his works. But um, I think as long as you like, it is seen as a Here's a director's cut, a, a a thing from the vault. If you are a super fan, this is your thing to indulge yourself in. Not I am going back and changing history, which is what kind of George Lucas tried to do. Um, so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm I'm down for that. Maybe it'll spawn a. I don't know why anyone hasn't done this yet, but what about just a complete mashup of two movies and somehow interweaving them so they make sense if you edit them correctly? We're using some wizardry. So what what films would you splice together? <sighs> what oh, I've got films? one. I've got one while you're thinking. <laughs> I've got, I got one while you're thinking. You're always quicker at these things. Go on, then. Uh, Dunkirk and Darkest Hour. That's a very good and obvious one. And that would work. <laughs> you know that- what I like you, Flynn? You always point out the obvious one. <laughs> that would work seamlessly, and it would probably be too long. But that would be a really good one. But I'm thinking like some crazy mashup to make maybe turn a horror into a comedy or an action into a drama i don't know like a johnny what about johnny five the robot what if you put him in, in... John, in john wick <laughs> yeah why john not space off johnny johnny five versus john john wick yeah i'll, I'll pay good money well, you, for that you see like people the tiktok generation sort of you get a whole generation of now people that are editing with hey, those people are the fucking future of film and people might laugh at me for saying that but seriously man like just like how the future of tv writing or the, the present of tv writing was kids in the 80s playing dungeons and dragons the fucking kids that are going to be the editors picking up the fucking oscars in 10 years time they're the ones that are making crazy shit on tiktok right now yeah, and there's some amazing stuff. And you already see people do it with like one or two minute clips, but I wonder if you could you could make a full movie. I don't know. I'm just I'm just I'm thinking sure out loud. I wish I was young. <laughs> <laughs> and I and not be scared of this stuff. Like you look at some of the amazing creative things that are, are coming out on that platform. And I, I really hope that there are, you know, it doesn't get bought out or changed or whatever. Like it's it's just nice freedom. Like you know how Instagram kind of for a period of time at least made so made a platform where you go you know what it's just photos it's just good photos yes i know it's been commercialized and ruined now hence why a lot of people are moving off that platform but i get that vibe off of tiktok that it's just wholesome videos and don't get me wrong i'm sure there is a a horrible dark web version of it but right now anyway it seems nice and i want to see what the future filmmakers are making not what Zack Snyder's doing to rally up a crowd of people into one mob. <laughs> um, anyway, ooh, shots fired. Um, so anyway, just to kind of wrap up some news, because it's been kind of a slow news week for, for obvious reasons. Um, Haunted Mansion. Do you remember the 2003 Eddie Murphy movie? I can't say that I remember it very well. It was basically just flubber in a house. Um, but <laughs> oh. it was, you know... It, it was all right. It was, you know, it's, uh, there was a period of time when Disney were, here's a history lesson, kids. There was a period of time when Disney decided that they were going to take all of their rides and write a narrative behind them and make a movie from them. And we've had, we've had quite a few, uh, national treasure, believe it or not, which actually I, I stand on this hill and go, that's, that's a tip top movie. Okay. National treasure. Brilliant. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. 
I mean, the first first one definitely is great, and the sequels have great effects. And that all started because of taking the name of a ride and repurposing it, and Haunted Mansion was the same. Now, it's fair to say out of that list of movies, Haunted Mansion was definitely the least successful. I think because it wasn't a particularly good Disney kids movie, and it wasn't a scary movie. If you're going to make a fucking house about a Haunted Mansion yeah, at least make it scary, and it was neither of of those. Anyway, that is being rebooted. It's being reworked. They've got a writer. They haven't announced anyone else other than the writer. It's a lady called Kate uh, Dipode. Uh, she has worked on things like Park and Recreation. Park, sorry, I should say Parks and Rec. Uh, fucking brilliant TV show, which I'm going to s- spend more time banging on about rather than her other work. She's worked on Heat, the movie of Sandra Burke, and she also made that Ghostbusters movie, Yes, that one. Um, I'm not here to debate whether that's good or bad. And maybe the reason why certain people think that's bad, maybe because they're fucking sexist people or maybe they didn't like the movie. You'll never really know the truth. But the truth is, is that it's definitely getting a sequel and it probably had some problems with it. So I'm, yeah, I hope if we get Parks and Rec level writing, I'm very happy. For sure, man. For sure, anyone working on that team deserves. I'm, I mean, I'm intrigued as to what they're going to do. So that's all good. Go horror, go proper horror. Like, okay, I get it. You're you're predominantly comedy, and you have dabbled with ghouls with Ghostbusters, but um, like, make it, make it, make it scary. But just like, find a way to make it scary that Disney will sign off on it. Like, you can, you can do it. You can do it. There's got to be ways there. Just don't make it flubber in a house. That's the only thing we don't want. Um, <laughs> Is there any other like classic Disney live action movies that are primed for a, a remake? Aren't they doing Robin Hood? My very favourite. Um, I've heard this one's getting a live reboot. We talked yes. about it a while ago. Uh, so they're probably in the process of ruining it right now. Um, which I'm they've very got to get that, about. They've got to get that fox sexy, haven't they? Got, I mean, there's there's a generation of, of women and men out there that uh, that that thirst for the fox. They've got to get it right. <laughs> that's the main thing i'm all right they're, go. they're gonna make some god-awful music to replace the amazing soundtrack and to be honest an old man like me doesn't does it really matter what i think it's going to be for the kids isn't it yeah you've always got the original you can go back on like man I, maybe it's just a getting older thing but what what can they do they can't diminish what has already come before uh, they can only try and stand on the shoulders of it or try and go in their own direction so um i don't I, I agree with you like if you're going through that back catalog of like remaking stuff you know what i'd like to see i Wrong. think they're already doing it like a mighty ducks i think they are doing a mighty ducks or it's going to be a tv show but um i'd like to or maybe not a reboot but you know i don't you really call them but it's like those we're revisiting a well with the same characters and same actors you've known and loved from that time. So I don't have a bad boys for life recently. Um, Bill and Ted face the music, which we'll be reviewing next week because we are embargoed right now, but uh, I, I can say it's enjoyable. Um, and yeah, well, I don't know what you call it, but that nostalgia trip, I'd love a little nostalgia trip to find out what coast es- coach Escobar, oh, I can't remember what the f- what's the coach called in ducks. Uh, Emilio, Emilio played the was, character, but his yeah, name was Coach Quack. I don't know what his name was. Coach Quack. <laughs> <laughs> the Bash Brothers actually uh, ended up turned to a life of crime. Uh, they're cokeheads now. Or they were <laughs> coke phase and now they're deadbeat dads. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's but, the Cobra Kai of the... Of the it's funny, isn't it? 
I take your view for most things. You're like, oh, that's fine. Let them ruin it. It's okay. We've still got the old film. But then when they do it with a film that really is close to your heart, you're like, no, I've changed my opinion now. Don't touch it. You bad, bad people. But I've only experienced people having that twice in my life. One was with my dad after seeing M- uh, episode one. He's a massive Star Wars <laughs> fan and he's always dreamed about what another film would be. And the second, again, was with my dad, but 30 years later, or nearly 30 years later, God, we're old, uh, after he saw The Last Jedi. And that's not a slam on Last Jedi fans, but I saw just, I can imagine in the background as he's just staring at that screen and he's just hearing, hello, darkness, my old friend, as he's seeing something he loves, uh, chop and change. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, so maybe, maybe. Uh, thankfully, I've not had that yet, but uh, but who knows, maybe the the mighty ducks revisit uh, might do it let's talk about the trailers that dropped over the week so elona holmes uh dropped uh maybe bobby brown is playing the lead in this uh looks like let's just, this looks like a fun movie right yeah and we haven't seen a whole lot of her after stranger things or at least i have and maybe i'm just ignorant but she is in this uh it's really interesting firstly her accent is pretty pretty good on. which uh is not always the case with these things especially americans playing english can i can i do a name drop john can i do a name drop please do all right so we went to the godzilla king of monsters king of the monsters uh thing uh, when that was coming out and she was starring in that and there was this fucking god-awful wait at the start and i the movie we were waiting on fucking I think a season of Love Island concluded that week. So they invited the cast to turn up. So they delayed the whole screening um, up until uh, these people arrived. Now, I was also running, I wasn't running late, but I wasn't there to mull around. Like I knew the time that I had to be there for, and I got there for that time. And for some reason, they shut off the the screening room and we had to they were basically getting people to wait until these these love island people turn up so while i was waiting around they were also going to have a q a which alex zane i think was hosting and charles dance the director pete doherty and millie bobby uh, bobby brown were um were there and i managed to get just 30 seconds of just idle standing you know when you're just standing around waiting for someone to go oh yeah yeah you can go through and um she is not a fucking she is not that kid from stranger things anymore she is fucking tall and i just wasn't expecting her to be so adult which is so weird and i so stupid but like we've been watching you as 11 and now you're an adult um but but she was really cool and really really nice down to earth person and uh yeah i agree with the accent is definitely on point i'm looking forward to this i don't think i would be but it seems pretty seems fun i love the fact that we've got henry cavill playing sherlock um i think that's a lot of people's fantasies ticked a bit there and uh yeah i mean it's blatantly obvious the brother's the bad guy let's just fucking call it out now <laughs> but, uh, hey who cares it's signposted but it looks fun as hell yeah i think uh it looks really good fun um looking forward to it well what's the next one plenty what have you got so the devil all the time again another netflix original and um, this cast by the way like if you look through this cast you've got tom holland uh, you've got jason clark uh robert pattinson just name but a few in this this seems like the you know what every actor at some point needs to do a southern american accent yeah. it just feels like a bunch of american a bunch of actors have just gone oh i can tickle that at the same time yeah we'll go do that right of passage and this is our pats he's having a year right so oh my god right if anyone i will stand on this hill now if anyone has a problem with our pats 
contact me on Twitter. We're going to meet in a car park. We're going to fight this out because he is absolutely incredible in Tenet. He has been absolutely amazing in stuff post Twilight. And he, this is just another, this is like just another interesting thing he is doing. And let alone Batman. I mean, the trailer, that is all we can go on now, but he, it looks like he's bang on, done a really good job and a really interesting character. You know, he's, uh, I don't know, he just, because we do, I still think of him as Twilight, you know, that sort of era, but he's all obviously very much come of age now and Batman will probably cement that. I know you're defending him really because you're, you're just in his corner for Batman. You're just pre yeah, that. But... If, if you are Batman, <laughs> if you are involved in Batman in any size, shape or form, I will fight on a hill for you. But seriously though, he is, he's acting a bit, I know you haven't seen Tenet yet and um, we'll talk about that a little bit later, but um, he really, really is amazing. And, Again, just and also I I gotta say I think Tom Holland is also an incredible, credible actor. Um and his accent seems amazing as well in this. And again, you're so used to I suppose kind of similar with Millie Bobby Brown is that you're so used to seeing these people grow up before your eyes that when they take a role where they're playing an adult or maybe not an adult, but you see them in an adult context, and you go, That's weird. Like you're that you're you're a little Spider-Man, and now you're in this very serious movie and uh, it's got very serious connotations and you're playing a, a, a much older character in inexperience if not in years and it's uh yeah it's to be honest i'm not too excited from the trade it doesn't seem to be right up my alley but i can definitely appreciate the art that it is yeah I, well it looks up my alley i love a deep southern um especially like an old one 100 years old or something that's it's all and it's got that kind of crazy preacher man. There's some spooky religious. Oh, we all know. Shit. We've seen it before, though, in it. The the bloody priest is a fiddler. <laughs> there's a horrible crime that's happened, but it turns out that the the the, the oldest attractive celebrity is the freak. So it's probably Jason Clark. We all know it. Um, so there you go. That's your movie. But uh, just to wrap off trailers, uh, there was another extended cut of the Wonder Woman 84 trailer. Um, you know, I think everyone's just screaming to release this movie now. I think it's a cleaned up version. When I say cleaned up, they've added a couple of extra bits and cleaned up the CG a little bit more um, from the trailer dropped at Fandome last week. Uh, Wonder Woman 84. John, are you excited? Are you happy? Or are you? Is it, could this pass you by? I, I mean, it looks all a very nice trailer and everything. I thought this is an overrated movie, the first one. Um, I'm open to the. I'm open to this one, but I wasn't a fanboy. I didn't. I didn't quite get it. In the same way, I don't. Probably not going to get why Tenet's getting a lot of criticism, which you'll get onto later. But this one, yeah, I'm. Yeah, but it looks all. It looks fine. You know, what about you? I am. I can respect that something might not land for me because it might not be made for me. And I thought the first film was okay and only okay. Like, yeah, that, that my opinion of it at the time was um, it's just as good as any other average superhero movie, which is exactly what you should want from a review and you know what you should not what you should be aspiring to, of course. But in terms of it, it was. It was okay, but what the impact it had on a lot of people, then, you know, for that, you've got to applaud it, right? And, in fact, that was the first film I took my daughter to see, and I, I, I saw how excited she was from it as well. And I think the sequel, because this film has been taking a long time to come out, so it's got a lot of hype with it. It's got a great cast. Paddy Jenkins, amazing director. And uh, I absolutely cannot wait to see the direction they take this. But 
in all honesty, it's a prequel. It's set 20 years before shit we know happened. So there's no peril anymore. Uh, and there's nothing cool that can come out of it. That, that, is lasting because otherwise why haven't we heard about them in later endeavors you know in the storyline or timeline i should say so um yeah i think it's going to be you know this is a popcorn summer flick that's coming out in november because of covid but um this is very much a i think it will be a oh that was really colorful and fun and enjoyable but i don't know if it will have the same legacy that the first film had and uh, i don't know if that's good or a bad thing i'm also i'm done with 80s nostalgia and we've kind of milked that cow We've revisited that too many times, whether that be through Stranger Things, It remakes and and uh, Black Mirror episodes and everything in between of that. It's not nostalgic anymore to play, you know, an electric uh, track in the background and wear parachute pants, right? Like it's 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 kind of we've moved on from that now. We move yeah, we want to get to the nineties now. End up Shitty just, just Kurt Cobain in the background all the time. Yeah, let's get grunge. Come on, we need to move the times. Every, oh my god, do you behind. imagine if someone makes a jukebox movie about Nirvana? How fucking it might be. It might be Oscar bait for some actors, but I can imagine it being quite depressing. Do you know what? No one's ever made a, a great Kurt Cobain biopic. Uh, there's been some uh, really good documentaries about him, and I, for one, would feel very precious because I'm a huge Nirvana fan, but. At some point, you think someone's going to make a great one. You're probably right, but it's just, I don't know. I think it would be, be too depressing, wouldn't it? I'm not saying his music's depressing. I'm saying it's, it's it's hard. Like, if you make it light and fluffy, that's not the character. That's not the story. That's not the music. And if you make it true to some of the tones of in the music, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, better people than us will probably make it. Um, but anyway, back to Wonder Woman 84. Look, I'm, it'll, it, it will happen, and uh, and we get to see more Gal Gadot, which is always a good thing. So anyway, that is your news and trailers for this week. It will happen. Up next, we're going to be talking about Tenet. Now, I appreciate that this film is having a staged release, which means quite a lot of our audience either have not had the opportunity to see this because of um, restrictions in their countries, or, you know, rightfully so as well, don't feel that it's now appropriate to go to a cinema uh, to see these films uh, as of now. So what we are going to do is, and John, as the the cinema purist he is, he wants to go completely cold as well, which is completely understandable. And um, I'm going to record the Talk Films Me official review with no spoilers in. Uh, it'll be in the description. Yeah, there's going to be no spoilers. But if you want to go in cold, then that's the end of your pod. Bye. You know, see you next week. Thanks, guys. But um, just to give you fair warning, I will be talking a bit about the plot. I will be talking a bit about the reception it has had. Um, I will not be going into spoilers, though. Um, so up next, the official Talk Films Me review of Tenet. All I have for you is a word. Tenet. It'll open the right doors. Some of the wrong ones, too. Use it carefully. To do what I do. I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War III. It is the film that is carrying the weight of cinema upon its shoulders. Tenet, the film that has been dubbed the movie to save cinema, is the first big blockbuster to be released nearly worldwide. It is directed by Christopher Nolan. To give you the plot summary, I would need the two-hour, 30-minute runtime to give you just a snippet of how complicated this film is. But let's start with some of the basics. 
This is a spy movie. As mentioned, it's directed by Christopher Nolan. In terms of cast, it's got John David Washington, Robert Pattinson, Elizabeth Deblicki, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Kenneth Branagh, just to name but a few. Now, this is a Nolan movie, so of course, his good luck charm, Michael Caine, makes the appearance in this movie, albeit very brief. One of the plot devices of this film is that we are being attacked by an unknown enemy, a terrorist organisation, if you will. But they're not attacking us through conventional means. They're attacking us through things that have been left from the future. The future are sending things to the past that are causing the need for an international body to keep our interests safe. Now, Dave, John David Washington is the lead in this. He is essentially the audience, right? He is the, the guy recruited. He is brought in to a mission, which he doesn't know the full details about. He unravels over the course of a period of a week. Uh, but it feels a lot longer, and I'll go into that in a moment. Um, he also has a long ally that he trusts and, and conforms with, uh, Robert Pattinson's Neil, who's absolutely incredible in this. But props has got to go to the main man, John David Washington. He is incredible in this movie. Very worthy of the surname, very worthy of the previous performances. This is just, it was like he was born to lead these sort of movies. The swagger he has within his scenes, the dialogue is so snappy. His fight scenes look great. Like this film is absolutely brilliant on an action front. Now I said at the start of this review that this is a spy movie and at its heart it is. Now you're going to hear a lot of people talking about how complex this is, about how it goes in different tangents and how hard it was to follow, but actually it does have some classic spy movie tropes. Once upon a time, Nolan was touted as potentially being a Bond director. Unfortunately, scheduling and interests just didn't collide at the right time, meaning that he never got to direct that sort of thing. So this is his love letter to the espionage genre. There are some classic tropes that you've seen in previous movies of that ilk, but let's not make any bones about this this is a Nolan movie if I had to say what this is the spiritual cousin of I would have to say Inception now one of the things that Nolan is excellent at is taking a very complex subject matter boiling it down to an essence that we can understand and he does that by showing us and he done that in it no better than Inception that's why I kind of make this comparison Although I have to say that this does not do as good a job as explaining its concept. There are a lot of times that you do find yourself scratching. There are a lot of times that you find yourself going, huh? But he was there and now he's doing that and this is because of that and why are they here? Um, I don't know if that's intentional by the director. I don't know if he's deliberately throwing you off the scent so that you don't understand what's going on. Or is this Nolan trying to outdo Nolan? Um, it almost feels like if you're going to write a list of all the things that you've come to know and expect from a Nolan joint, this film ticks all those boxes and then some. Uh, it has the classic noise that you expect from a Nolan movie. The soundtrack is not done by Hans Zimmer, but it's done by someone doing a Hans Zimmer impression. It's almost got some of the classic... If you had to write down the greatest hits of Hans Zimmer-Nolan collaborations of sounds and feelings, you definitely get this throughout the, the film. And that's not a bad thing, right? You get the electro style from Interstellar. You get the... the repetitive, uh, thumping, passion build-up that you get from The Dark Knight, and you get something in between with the Inception, Twilighty, thinky stuff. So 
look, I, I'm really up on this movie. I really, really did dig it. I will be honest, the first half hour did brush against me for a number of reasons. One, the audio, for some reason, was not right for me in the cinema. I don't know if that's a common thing, but I am starting to see a lot of people share similar experiences. They deliberately muffle the audio at the start. They deliberately, they deliberately keep you out of conversations. They deliberately start you in hearing a conversation and they move away and I don't know again nothing is done by accident I think he's deliberately done this to to give you a unique experience and definitely definitely Tenet isn't a unique experience um so as mentioned I think that maybe the storytelling of what is going on in the world why is this a threat and these are the the rules of the world it's not explained in such a clear leveled way which he has done in inception in the past uh, this is more i don't want to say confusing for the sake of being confusing but there's a lot of misdirection on purpose now if you let it wash over you there is literally a scene in like the first 10 minutes where they're trying to explain some of the rules and uh, it's done by a very traditional almost like a james bond film right where uh, John David Washington's character will go be armed up. He'll go meet a scientist to explain some stuff. And the scientist is explaining about how things are sent from the past and how they're moving in a different chronological timeline to what we are. And that means things are moving backwards. And all of a sudden, you can see him trying to work the cogs and asking questions. And she says, just, just try not to think it. Don't overthink it. And literally, that is advice from Nolan to the audience to say, look, just go with it because this is the, the art I want to tell. And this is the method I'm using and the vehicles I'm using to give you that experience. There is a scene halfway through the movie, which is an amazing payoff, an amazing switcheroo. I generally had my mouth opened in shock and awe. This is the, and that is the moment where you go, you know what, fuck what film Twitter says. When that moment happens in the film, you go, God damn it, you son of a bitch, you pulled me back in. I love it, it's great. And I don't know what that moment is for most movie going audiences for this, but for me, it is definitely at the halfway point. Other performances in this movie, as mentioned at the start, we've got Elizabeth Debicki playing Cat in this. I can't tell you what her character is without going into too much spoiler territories, but just know that she is of keen importance to the mission and is John David Washington's way in to understanding things a little bit better. Uh, we've also got Kenneth Branagh in this movie as well. He has worked with Nolan on a couple of things, Dunkirk being the last one, and he he's great in this. He's kind of got the dodgy Russian accent. But, um, you know, he's, he's still great in this. And, and you know, like I say, it's always great to see people, these sort of titans that come in. If I had to describe a, a Nolan joint to people, it's think of it as the Olympics of movies. Every four years or so, you get the best people in their game applying their crafts with some of the greatest audiences in the world watching. And in that time, you are going to get gold, min uh, gold medal winners and you're going to get some, some little stumbling blocks along those ways as well. Um, I've got to say, the gold medal goes to John David Washington in this. He is so, so good. Um, I just want to see him in more stuff, and uh, this is just another great thing to add to his CV. Let's talk about the reception this is getting. So, a lot of people are slamming this movie on social media, quite frankly, because it's kind of the cool thing to slate Nolan at the moment. Look, this is a movie which is hard to understand at times. It is flawed, definitely. But there are moments where you have heart in your mouth. The effects are absolutely brilliant and brutal. There are moments where you have different timelines converging, different people speaking at different rates, people moving at different speeds. 
and he is mastering all of these things to tell you a story. Once again, he has pulled off, I think, a great, great movie, but it does lose itself a little bit. It needed a little bit more exploration in terms of how these things work, and sometimes it worked better to just stop and tell the audience what's going on rather than assume. I think this assumed a little bit too much. So for that reason, it is not the greatest Nolan movie ever. Does it save cinema? Well, if cinema is being taken away in an experience you never thought you would have inside your living room, then this does that and then some. Is this worth bracing your own personal health for? Now, I cannot tell you to go to a cinema to go see it. That would be really irresponsible. What I can say is that if you've done your research and you feel safe and confident, then this is a movie worth paying to go to a cinema to go see. But please, for the love of God, wear a mask. Please, for the love of God, do your research and make sure you're going to a cinema that A, is doing social distancing, B, is having hand sanitizer on every corner, and C, is making sure people are wearing damn masks. Um, if if that, any of the answers to those things, no, then don't you know wait until it comes out on Blu-ray. Um, but this does deserve to be seen on the big screen. I really hope when the world does resume there'll be IMAXs doing second runs of this because it really deserves that big screen for that spectacle um, I'm going 4 out of 5 I'm going to call it a flawed masterpiece this is my movie of the year which I know is a stupid thing to say in Covid but you know it's the truth it's been absolutely great I think Robert Pattinson is a standout performance in this but the MVP goes to John David Washington long may he continue and uh, bring on the next Nolan gig the only thing I will say is that the man is done with time <laughs> like there's, the, there's not much more stuff you can do within time please this is the last thing for it and if this is the closest thing we're going to get to a James Bond movie directed by Christopher Nolan then long may this reign because I absolutely adore this movie one word Tenet four out of five this reversing the flow of time doesn't us being here now mean it never happened you want to crash a plane but not from the air. No, it's so dramatic. Well, how big a plane? That part is a little dramatic. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast. And if you are listening to this, then you have come to the end. But it's not the end. Maybe you can hang around a little bit more and you can hang around by clicking on that like, follow, subscribe button. That means that when we release new pods, you'll be notified when they're going to be released and you can listen to them straight away from the comfort of your device. We also, because it's been a year since someone posted a review, $10 shake, it was a very nice review. Thank you for that. But we would like some more because we're greedy like that. So if you feel that we are worthy of a few words, it good or bad, please write us a review. It'll be in your podcast app. Just just fill it in and we really will appreciate that. Anyway, plug over. Let's talk about John Descamento, my boy. How can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Descamento. Feel free to review my tweets. Tell me what a dick I am. <laughs> I'm very thick-skinned. I can handle it. Oh, uh, and uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter at Talk Film With Me or at Adam Flint. Uh, next time we'll be back, uh, we're going to be reviewing Bill and Ted Face the Music. We'll be talking about Mulan because that will have dropped as well. And we'll, we've got a game. Uh, we've, got a, we've got a sponsor. Uh, we've got someone who is sponsoring the next episode and we're going to play a quiz, do some cool stuff in that. So anyway, stay filmy, uh, keep a good distance, wear a mask. More importantly, Wakanda forever. Bye-bye. <laughs>